Song schedule here. Amen and amen. Good afternoon, Central Park Baptist Church. How are we doing this afternoon? Amen and amen. Well, if you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us and then we'll have an opening hymn. Join us with hymn 45, hymn 45, hymn 45. Father, we thank you for that we can gather here together as your family, Father. 
to hear the word of God preached today, Lord. We pray that you'll bless the pastor as he preaches. May, if there's one here who's not saved, may they come to know you as Savior and Lord. Thank you for the salvation we already had this morning, Lord. Bless everything that's said and done here today, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen, and praise the Lord for three salvations this morning. Amen. amen. The Lord is able to answer prayer. Amen. Amen. I, you know, I would have expected a louder shout of people getting saved this morning, but I'm going to move on to hymn 435. I'm going to give move on to hymn 435. We'll do all verses of hymn 435. You may be seated. We'll have some more announcements at the end of the service, but we want to welcome everybody to our afternoon service. We're glad that you're here. We did have two young men get saved in the, after the morning service. Mama came and got saved this morning. The two young men, Sean and Elijah, uh, got saved in the office uh, right after the service. So praise the Lord. God's good. That puts that whole family on their way to heaven now. Amen. Daddy got saved, Mama got saved, and the kids got saved. God is good. Amen. We're glad that you're here today, and welcome to our afternoon Amen. service. Yep, salvation is a family affair. Amen. That's right, that's right, that's right. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad they came. We're gonna, uh, if everything works out, we're going to baptize on the 11th, the second Sunday in December, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, we have our boxes, our birthday, happy birthday, Jesus, uh, for gifts for the uh, Lord this year, and the, the gift this year is going to go toward our kitchen. 
You know, we're raising money now Amen. for to remodel our kitchen, and <clears throat> it needs it. And, yeah, no, it needs it. Amen. Amen. Desperately. And, I mean, it's adequate, but we're going to try to get everything fixed up, updated, all that kind of stuff. So that's where the offering's going to go. Um, we, you know, if we could raise four or $5,000 for it, that's fine. That's what our goal would be. Uh, but whatever comes in, that's what it's going to be for. Uh, but it's for the Lord's birthday. We're going to go give it to the church. Amen. And Amen. I may feel bad, but I can still preach for about an hour if y'all don't say amen. I'm just saying, I'm willing to sacrifice for that, all right? Uh, but the offering will go toward that, okay? So, I mean, we're going to do everything. One of the first things we're going to do is we're going to sh- close this door off that when you walk in the front door, you can see in there. Yeah, right, right. You know, I, man, I just, I don't like that. To me, it's like walking in your house and seeing in your bathroom. Yeah, that's not the first thing you want people to see, so uh, we're going to fix it. But anyway, it's going to be nice. I think it's going to look sharp. We're going to get everything in there taken care of. So if you have an offering, we have special envelopes for that. Uh, it'll uh, just put it on there and make sure if you want your uh, credit for that at the end of the year, you put your name on there as well. We'll make sure that it uh, gets on there and gets to the right place, all right? So please, we had, had a good offering this morning, amen? I think we made up for last week, and so... But if you didn't give this morning, uh, you know, let me encourage you. It's when you come and you put your offering in the offering plate, just turn around and go. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Lord, thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. Thank you for our folks this afternoon. And again, we pray for our, uh, all of our folks that are not feeling well. Uh, Lord, pray that you lift them up. Lord, we pray for all of our visitors this morning that we had. Thank you, Lord, for uh, all the guests that we had today. And I pray, God, that they went away saying it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. But most of all, we want to say thank you, Lord, for those that got saved today, Lord, for uh, Lord, for Miss Daphne and her two sons, God, today. And, and I look forward, Lord, now in the next two weeks when we baptize them. So, Lord, I pray, God, that you would still... Uh, God, watch over them, be real in their hearts, Lord, and yes. and uh, God, we give you praise for it. Now, bless this offering, bless the gift and the giver, and we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. We'd like for you to join us in singing Hymn 587, Hymn 587. And please, at the conclusion of Hymn 587, please greet each other as we prepare for this afternoon's special at the conclusion of Hymn 587.
this time. I said again. tested him throughout the course of time so many still reach out to him with broken hearts and minds and every one of them will say without exception that they find that Jesus never fails even in the days of old he brought his people through he came to show his love and night for me and you. And then he rose again to prove that every story had been true, that Jesus never failed. Prevail. 
Hebrew or Exodus chapter 2 first and then we'll we'll go over to Hebrews chapter 11 directly kind of back and forth all right <clears throat> now we read this last week but I want to read it again um, it's just it's the same verses but it's different you know it's amazing what you can learn through stuff you know in the same stuff if you go back and read it over again you know because uh, sometimes the Holy Spirit don't give you everything right up front. So if you look in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived, bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it, and you can circle those two words, she, that's kind of interesting, she laid it in the flags by the river's brink, and his sister stood afar off to wit that uh, what would be done to him, and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it, and when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? <clears throat> and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him. 
out of the water. Father, help us, Lord, this afternoon. I pray, God, that, again, your hand will be upon me. Help me, Lord, to strengthen me, Lord, physically and also mentally and spiritually, Lord, as I, uh, Lord, preach the message, God, as, uh, as we come again through the uh, life of Moses and pray that your hand will be upon us. Thank you, God, Father, again about uh, for those who got saved this morning. Uh, speak to our hearts today, and may, Lord, we also be thankful, uh, Lord, today for the many things that you've blessed us with, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> now, last week we, we learned that it's possible to live a Christian life even though even those people around you, or even though there are people around you who do not. You know, I mean, uh, we found that if that by faith, Moses' parents, Amram and Jochebed, uh, they are, excuse me, they lived by faith. And we also learned that by faith, and they did that in the midst of a harsh environment. And uh, if they can live by faith in those kinds of environment there in, ex- in Egypt, you and I can do the same thing. <clears throat> and so we found that we cannot. And I'll say it again, we cannot excuse our lack of faith because of our environment or because of our circumstances. Our faith and the strength of our faith is up to you and me. Uh, It's up to our relationship with the Lord. So we can't excuse anything else outside of ourselves for our lack of it. Uh, And so there's some things here that we see in the faith of uh, Moses' parents that I want to show you. And first of all, I want to show you that there was a partnership in their faith uh, through Amram and Jochebed. Now, we saw last week that they lived by faith. And if you look here in Exodus chapter 2, <clears throat> you don't read about Amram uh, in, in this chapter. Uh, in fact, when you, I told you if you look down there in verse 3, we read where it says, and when she could no longer hide him, and uh, and it also says she laid him. Now, some commentators exclude, watch this, the faith of Amron because you don't read about him here in Exodus chapter 2. But if you turn over to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23, this verse clears that up. It's amazing if we will just allow God's word to um, take care of itself, it'll do that. Uh, we, you and I do not need to defend the Bible. The Bible will defend itself. And so Hebrews eleven twenty three clears up this verse here in Exodus 2. And right away we think, you know, or some people will think, oh, well, that's a, it says she here in chapter 2 and verse 3. But in Hebrews chapter uh, 11 and verse 23, it doesn't read that way. Well, we'll get to that. All right. Uh, Amram. Now, when you read here in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 3, watch, he could not do the things that Jochebed was doing because guess what? Amram is a slave. Guess where he's at? He's out working. Uh, He's under the hand of a taskmaster or a slave master. And so by Hebrews 11 account, we can discern that though, that when it comes to that, and we'll, you read it, it says, and when they, now, and we'll get to that in a minute, uh, we understand and we can see that this marriage was a marriage of faith because it said they. It's not just she, all right? And you say, well, how do you get that? Well, I'm going to explain that in a minute. 
but there was no conflict in the spiritual beliefs. Both of them followed Jehovah God. And when I thought about this, I thought, you know, our homes, our families, our society today would be in a whole lot better place. Are y'all following me? Think about this. In a much better place if people would follow God's guidelines for marriage. Amen. God said to be not unequally yoked together. More could be accomplished for the work of God and for the gospel's sake if both parents had a partnership in their faith. Couples today, too many, watch, are mixed in their faith. You follow me? You know what I'm talking about. Too many today marry for reasons of this flesh and not for reasons of faith. And the reality is, watch, nothing matters more when it comes to uh, being married in the faith and have a spiritual partnership for the things of the faith. Couples and individuals ought to choose a mate who know the Lord and walk in obedience to him. Amen. Mixed marriages will always have division in the matter of faith. It may not affect the material things of life, but I can promise you, I've seen it in the last 40 years perhaps, that it, listen, it will most certainly hinder the believer's service to God in a mixed marriage. I'm talking about a mixed faith marriage. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. So there was a partnership here, and we can see that right off in the faith of Amram and Jochebed. Look, if, now I want you to see the perception of their faith. Here, and if you flip back over to Hebrews eleven thirty three, and we read there, if you notice it says, and when they saw him, that he was a goodly child, that they, listen, his parents hid him three months. Now she uh, is they in the Greek. Are y'all still here? I mean, y'all are getting awful quiet. Y'all Okay. In, in fact, in Acts, watch, they, it says they, it means they in the Greek saw that he was a goodly child. That word goodly means beautiful. He was beautiful to his parents. In fact, in Acts chapter 7 and verse 20, you'll notice that it also tells us that Moses, that it says he was exceeding fair. Now watch, the Greek meaning here means that he was fair to God. Amen. In other words, there's more than just outward beauty. I'm telling you, the world looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside of man. The eyes of faith could see something special in Moses. The eye of faith can always see more and further than the eye of the flesh. Listen, I had people come up and ask me things about Central Park when I first came here, and I said, well... If you, you want my honest opinion, they said, yeah. I said, well, I can see this and this and this. And, I, and people look at me and they say, well, well how, how do you, I don't, I don't see any of that stuff. Well, listen, if we'll stop looking through the eyes of the flesh and start looking through the eyes of faith, we'll be able to see a whole lot more in the things of God than the eyes of the flesh could ever see. Amen. Amen. There's more than looks that made Moses special. There was the touch of God on him. I like what Matthew Henry said in his commentary. 
He said this, that God sometimes gives early earnests of his gifts and manifests himself in those for whom and by whom he designs to do great things. In other words, for example, God put an early strength in Samson because he had designed great things for Samson. Uh, he had an early forwardness, if you will, in, into Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 37. Listen, I'm simply trying to tell you that faith can perceive much that the flesh will never perceive. Listen, that's why it's hard for, and I'm, I'm, for carnal Christians to see things that godly Christians can see. That's why you try to explain something of a spiritual nature to someone that is carnal. Listen, then they never get it. You ever tried to tell somebody? Listen, it would be like some of you men trying to explain to me the ones and zeros of computer programming. I'm just going to stand and stand there and smile and shake my head and go, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. And you know what? You're going to think, you know... He's listening and he's smiling, but he has no clue what I'm saying, you know. I mean, I've had people say, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? And I'll say, nope. <laughs> you know, listen, and it's the same way with spiritual matters when it's trying to talk to someone uh, of a carnal nature. Paul even said, I can't talk to you as spiritual because you're, you're carnal. You're spiritually discerned. You don't get it. Listen, faith can perceive much more than the flesh will ever perceive. And faith saw in Moses that he was a special child. The king of Egypt, guess what? All he saw was another male baby that needed to be killed. Faith sees the wonderful truths of God's work, while the flesh thinks the Bible is boring and out of date, a book that has no application for the lives of today. Faith sees the value of worship. Faith, while the flesh sees pleasure above church attendance. That's why some folks don't make it back on Sunday afternoon. Now, I know we got a bunch of folks sick. But listen, you know what? Faith sees the importance of being back, just like you. Uh, faith sees the value of worship. Faith sees the great importance of spiritual matters. While the flesh thinks little of spiritual matters, but focuses on the material and the physical. Listen, what a tragedy it would have been if Amram and Jochebed had, when Moses was born, looked at him through the eyes of the flesh instead of the eyes of the spirit. It makes me wonder, when I got to thinking about this <clears throat> yesterday while I was studying a little bit, I got to wondering about all the blessings and miracles of God that have been forfeited on the altars of this flesh because Christians are carnal and not spiritual. Makes me wonder in my own life what I have missed because I didn't look at things through the eyes of the, spiritual, uh, of the spirit and the eyes of, of God rather than the eyes of the flesh. And, you know, we, we miss out on blessings today because we, you know, people think, man, I, well, I tell you what, preacher, but I can't afford to tithe. You know what that's doing? You're looking at things through the eyes of the flesh and not through the eyes of the Spirit. Yeah. And well, preacher, I can't do that because my time, you know why? Because you're looking at eye, through the eyes of the flesh and not through the eyes of faith. God help us to understand the eyes of faith can see things that the eyes of the flesh cannot. Yeah. That was the parents of Moses. Notice the priority of their faith. The parents of Moses, they had to make a choice when he was born. Uh, the decree of the king said that Moses had to die. 
Uh, but God's decree said something different. Well, the Bible tells us that they, they were playing and they obeyed God's command rather than the, the Egyptian king. They, they ignored the decree of the king of Egypt. And the uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23 tells us that Moses was hid three months of his parents. Now, hiding Moses demonstrated the priority of Moses' parents. The flesh didn't make that decision. The spiritual made the choice. You see, the priority of faith is obedience to God. <clears throat> when, we are, uh, when we do not do the things that God's word tells us to do, listen, you know what we do? We are obeying and making our decisions in the obedience of this flesh, and we are not being obedient to the things of Almighty God. So the priority of faith is obedience to God. So Moses' parents were putting their lives on the line to hide the baby Moses. But faith, watch, counts obedience to God more important than life itself. You go back in history and you read about all those who were put to death on the authority uh, of the Catholic Church because they wouldn't deny for their uh, deny their faith and they took a stand on the word of God and what God's word said they chose obedience to the word of God and, and listen and they were put to death as a result of it under the guise of religion Stephen was stoned <clears throat> Bartholomew was skinned alive Wycliffe was burned at the stake William Tyndale was choked to death. You know, I asked my wife, I said, now who would do that? Who would literally come and just choke the life out of another individual? You know what? Who would do that? A wicked, lost individual would do that. Listen, and that, but yet Wycliffe and those men stood for the cause of Christ. Listen, they stood for the faith and they were obedient to the things of God. But today... I don't know that there would people would even give a thought to hiding Moses. I don't think that they would risk their comfort. They wouldn't risk their income or their time, let alone their life to stand against the evils of this world. Few today even stand against evil in the church. Listen, God help us. Uh, many today... Uh, give priority to the laws of the land over the laws of God. And they give the material and physical priority over the spiritual. Listen, if we'll make the spiritual things of God a priority, then God will make you a priority. Amen. Amen. We uh, have advantages that the parents of Moses did not have and never did have or ever would with any of those around them still, listen, Still, with all of our advantages today, we still make the wrong choices. Yeah. Faith was the priority of the parents of Moses. Peace of their faith. Notice this. I thought this was interesting. If you look back in Hebrews 11, 23, we find that Moses' parents weren't afraid of the king's commandment. They still hid Moses. Faith in God. Think about this. I thought this was good. Faith in God is a great remover of fear and a great source of peace. You ever get distraught about finances? He whose mind is stayed on him has perfect peace. You ever get worried about your job? He whose mind is stayed on him has perfect peace. You ever get worried about a relationship? He whose mind is stayed on him has perfect peace. 
Are you just worried about things that he whose mind is stayed on him has perfect peace? You get worried about who's in the White House, he whose mind is stayed on him has perfect peace. You worried about inflation, he whose mind is stayed on him has perfect peace. Listen, if we'll just keep our focus on God, God will give us peace and God will take care of his own. Amen. Uh, a lot of people in Israel, though, they obeyed the king's commandment. They cast out their children. Uh, to the end, the Bible says that they might not live. In other words, they walked in heathen idolatry and they gave in and they cast their children into the Nile River. Listen, they walked in heathen idolatry and feared the king's commandment. And as a result, uh, they experienced the curses of idolatry rather than the calm and, and peace that comes from faith in God. And, and, I'm, and, and I'm sure that there were Israelites uh, that mocked Amram and Jochebed for their faith. I'm sure that they said, man, what you, you just, your faith is just old-fashioned. It is outdated. You still use that King James Bible? Man, how, how ridiculous are you? Don't you know that you, people can't understand that anymore, that there's better translations out there that's easier to read and lacks the Holy Spirit of God in it? You could use one of those. I'm sure they made fun of them. I mean, Amron, you, you're so narrow-minded. What do you think you're doing? I mean, after all, think about these Israelites. The ones that are saying those things, they, they had forsaken Jehovah God, and they picked up the new, up-to-date, you know, dead idols of Egypt. But... They couldn't mock their peace, but then they couldn't mimic their peace either. Listen, the world may scorn our faith. In fact, listen, let, if they scorn your faith and they mock you or, or belittle you or make snide remarks, then let them. It's okay. Let them trample underfoot the things of God. But the reality is heaven-bound saints, get this, should never be upset when hell-bound sinners mock and make fun of us. Amen? I mean, we can stand in the peace of God. They can say what they want, but I'm telling you, I'm still standing in the assurance that I'm a saved, born-again child of God, and God's going to take care of me. Amram and Jochebed experienced peace. And the peace of God will abide in those whose hearts are focused on him. But also notice the protection of their faith. <clears throat> faith gives great protection. Because of their faith, Moses' parents protected him from death. Uh, they hid him three months. The first three months, then they put him in a watertight basket, placed it in the Nile River where Pharaoh's daughter would see him and, and adopt him. Now, you know, one thing about uh, something floating down the river with the top on it that you don't know what's in it? You ever, I mean, I, I've seen things in, on uh, uh, Facebook, I guess it is, and people say, or the Internet, if you can scroll through stuff, and it says, uh, I, I saw something the other day where it said that a, 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 an old uh, moving, uh, oh, what do you call them, uh, box, what do you call them things? My mind is sit down. Huh? Yeah, trunk. 
washed up on shore. They said they don't know where it came from. It, that it had to be at least 100 years old. And they found it, and I'm thinking, well, what was in it? You know, I never did get to see what was in it. And I've looked, and I couldn't find anything where anybody opened it up. And man, my, my curiosity, I'm thinking, okay, what was in it? Well, listen, when they put this basket in the Nile River, and they knew somebody was down there, I'm telling you, that mother knew for a, a fact that that, perhaps that, that, uh, that whoever was down there, Pharaoh's daughter, was going to open it up and see what was in it. Now, she was still exercising her faith to do that and exercising her faith in God to take care of him. But listen, something about our curiosity that if we see something, we're going to look and see what was in it. Yep. Amen. That's exactly what happened. Yep. She put it in that river. Uh, it floated down, and, and uh, Pharaoh's daughter got it, <clears throat> opened it up. Moses started crying. I mean, who can resist a crying baby? Hey, Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, listen, faith not only protected Moses, but faith is also a great protector of the soul. Ephesians 2.8, it says, By grace are you saved through faith. Guess what? Protection from eternal condemnation. Acts 16.31 says, Believe, that's faith, on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's protection from divine judgment. You know, we spend all kinds of money on protection, don't we? I mean, we buy uh, security cameras, and uh, I mean, we uh, buy security systems. We buy gates for our house. We buy motion detectors. I mean, we want to protect ourselves both physically and materially, and we, we'll spend the money to do it, and there's really nothing wrong with doing that. But watch this, but very few cultivate their faith. We spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to make sure that we are protected physically and materially, and we go out of our way to make sure that no one can break in and and get into our house and steal our material goods. Well, listen, God help us uh, to try to protect our faith and take care of the things that God has given us through our relationship with him, but we are flippant with it. We allow someone to come along and say something, and, and we listen, and, and the next thing you know, we're, we're off out here somewhere listening to somebody that's a false teacher teaching false doctrine. Listen, we need to be sure that we protect and cultivate our faith. We find that, that Amram and Jochebed's parents, they, that God protected them as a result of their faith. But notice also the prudence of their faith. Uh, the man of faith is a wise man, and wisdom keeps company with true faith. You know, and when I was studying this, I thought, you know, faith doesn't cause people to play the fool in their daily lives. Faith will not make you do that. The unwise decisions and behavior of, of a lot of saved people is evidence of their lack of faith. You see, the prudence of faith in the lives of Moses' parents is evident in everything that they did regarding Moses. I mean, they had a plan. It's still a plan of faith, but it was a plan. And if you look in verse 3, you find that Jochebed made an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and pitch. You know what that is? That's a plan. You know, we think sometimes people say, well, you just throw caution to the wind. No, wait a minute. When my, I, my faith is not a blind faith. 
my faith is in the, uh, the God of heaven, the creator of all things. And, and, he, and he told me and gave me his word, listen, that if I'll trust in him, he would take care of me. He told me that, listen, that if I give, it shall be given unto me. He told me that he would supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. Listen, it is a plan of faith in someone that I believe in. Yeah. It's not just something blind. Same thing with, Mo, with Amram and Jochebed. They took this slime, of which we also find the word in Genesis 11 and Genesis 14, and it's where we get our word tar. This pitch here is the same word found in Genesis 6 where Noah sealed the ark within and without with pitch. Uh, and what's interesting here is that both the ark of Moses and the ark of Noah were used to save somebody from death. A picture of Christ who is the eternal ark of the soul for salvation. Listen, I'm, I'm thankful today that, uh, listen, uh, that the man of faith is a wise man. Listen, you cannot go wrong and have faith in Almighty God. Listen, those young men that got saved this afternoon and that lady that got saved this morning, they put their faith in an Almighty God. Listen, you can't go wrong in that. And if we can trust Him with our salvation, can we not trust Him with everything else? Absolutely we can. So let's, let's trust Him. Notice the patience of their faith. Now this is where it starts getting a little... Sticky. It's pretty tough to put that ark in the water with your baby in it. Um, but now it goes a little step further. After Moses' mother put that ark in the river and set Miriam to watch, that's the plan of faith, she left the scene and then waited. Could you do that? Could you put your baby in a basket in a Nile River and let it start floating away and then walk off? I don't know that I could. Listen, I can still remember when Mallory decided she wanted to run away from home. Yeah, she was just little. We lived in Pampa. Uh, we packed her a suitcase and just a little bitty thing she had on her boots. And man, she was ready to go. She walked out the front door. I can still see her walking down the sidewalk, you know, walking, headed, going toward the street. And she walked out, and you know, and you, you know, like mom, dad, I acted like I shut the door, but I kept it cracked open about that far. And she was walking. She didn't walk very fast, but she was headed out until she got to the end of the sidewalk. And she stood there for a minute, and then she turned around and looked back. And I knew she was done, because then she started walking back. But you know, when she started walking back, I didn't keep the door shut till she got there. Now, I opened the door back up, and I was ready for her to come back. Yeah. But that's not what Miriam did. She left. I mean, this had to be one of the hardest times of, of her in her life. She couldn't stay to see the outcome uh, because that ruined the plan. Uh, she had to wait away from the scene, and, and she did that. Now watch this. There's a time between commitment and reward that really tests our faith. Let me say that again. There's a time between commitment 
and reward that really tests our faith. Yeah. By faith, Moses' mother committed the ark to the water. And then she left and waited. Now, between the time of commitment and reward in that waiting time, that's when the devil likes to come pay you a visit. Yep. I mean, oh, Satan, he sneers at your commitment and he reminds you that you have given everything. Listen, you have given everything and you have nothing to show for it. That's the kind of God that you serve. Look, look, I mean, you have given up everything. You have waited 30 minutes. You have waited two days. You've been praying about this now for 24 hours. And God hadn't done anything. God said that if I gave my tithe, that he would take care of me. And, you know, I've only been able to eat out twice this week. You you see how foolish we are sometimes? Listen, uh, the old devil gets after you. But folks, watch. Faith is patient and believes that in due time the reward's going to come. Hard, hard, hard to wait, I'm telling you. It's hard, listen, but don't just wait and kill time. Listen, I'm telling you, I've spent a lot of time waiting in my life on things, and, but I didn't spend it just out doing nothing. I didn't spend it out doing things that were foolish. I spent, I spent that time praying and asking God, God, listen, I'm telling you, I'm waiting on you, Lord, but I'm telling you, it's pretty hard. Have you ever got to that place where you said, Lord, I've been waiting a while, but I'm, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. But Lord, I'm going to wait just a little while longer on you. But listen, that's when God tests our faith. And if you'll just stay faithful to him and obedient to him, God will reward you for it. Don't, listen, don't close the storybook on your life too soon. We learned that with Daniel. We demonstrate our faith in a great way when we continue to live obediently for God even though at the time we have not received the promise. There's a lot of people like that. They stayed faithful to God. Hebrews 11 tells us about them. The world, even the carnal Christian, wants everything right now. Uh, And if we're not careful, we do not wait on God's time and we miss out on God's blessing. And the result is they'll never experience the blessed rescue from the Nile. They won't experience the blessing of completing the task. And they'll miss the blessing because of the impatience of this flesh. Are y'all impatient? Yeah, let's all say amen. Yeah, we are. Uh, But I'm telling you, uh, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But notice the last thing, the prize of their faith. Now, remember last week I said the Bible is an awesome book. I mean, uh, a miraculous book. It's a divine book. And and listen, you can't make this stuff up. I I mean, this is an exciting and somebody ought to write a book about this stuff. (laughs) Amen? I mean, listen, 
I mean, you've got a dramatic plot filled with action right here in this one little story. Um, I mean, we see the fulfillment of God's plan right here in just a few verses. Jochebed, watch this, uh, the, 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 the ark flows down the river. Uh, Miriam has uh, uh, her daughter, uh, I mean, Jochebed has Miriam uh, watching for the basket. She's already went off. Mar- I mean, Mar- Jochebed's already gone. The basket flows down, and somewhere Miriam's in a place where she can see it. Jochebed says, Miriam, now I'm going to put this ark in the water, and I got to go. But don't you move. You stay close. The Pharaoh's daughter comes down here every day, at this time every day, to, to wash in the water, and we're going to put this ark in there, and it's going to go down there. But So you be careful, and you watch and see what happens. Well, the ark flows down. The Pharaoh's daughter sees it, and she takes the lid off. The Holy Spirit of God pinches Moses. He starts crying, and it touched the heart of Pharaoh's daughter. And she had compassion on him. And or she either did that or she couldn't take a crying baby and she needs somebody to help her. <laughs> Amen? And so she looks around and, and Miriam and Miriam just happens to be there. Yeah. Amen? And so the Pharaoh's daughter says, Hey, you want me to go get somebody to, to take care of the baby for you? And Pharaoh's daughter says, Sure, somebody needs to take care of this crying baby. He's probably hungry, he's crying, he needs to eat. Miriam says, I'll go get somebody. Well, she takes off to get Jochebed. And not only that, is Jochebed going to raise her for the next two to three years? But she's going to get paid for it. But not only that, but think about it. She's going to get paid for it by the princes from the king's treasury. You remember the king that said, I want all these male babies that are born cast into the Nile River. Listen, you, you think God's not in control? You think, does not God have a sense of humor? Listen, God says, I'll show him. He's killing all these babies. I'm just going to make him pay to rape and have his pay the mother of Moses out of his own pocket to raise the emancipator of the children of Israel out of Egypt. He's going to pay. And you know what? That's exactly what takes place. The rewards of faith are an awesome thing. And we see what took place for Mary or Jochebed as a result of her and Amron's faith. Listen, but it took two. Listen. Uh, we need a partner in the faith. We need somebody that will help us and pray with us. You know, the Bible says a three-fold cord is not quickly broken. Yeah. You know what? If you need somebody to help, get somebody. Pray with them. Uh, get somebody that will help you and agree with you in prayer and, and pray and ask for God something that there's a need in your life. Don't, don't go along with it. Get somebody to go with you. Amron had Jochebed. And listen, I'm telling you, and God worked that plan to, uh, it was flawless. And God took care of him. 
Listen, we, we may not collect all of our rewards here, but one day we will. You know, I, I would rather collect them all in heaven than waste them away here. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the day when we stand before our Savior um, and we hear him say, well done. But listen, that's not, that's not going to be all it is. I mean, there, heaven's, we're going to live in a place of activity. It's not going to be just floating around, you know, and the, the, the Lord and saying, holy, holy. No, listen, that, I mean, we're going to have a glorified body and we're going to love and appreciate our Savior. But that's not all heaven's going to be about. Amen. We think sometimes that that's, it's going to be a boring. No, heaven's not going to be a boring place. What? Not, not at all. It's going to be a place of activity. We're going to, I, I don't know what we're going to be doing, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot of fun doing it. And I'm looking forward to receiving my reward. Um, I don't know. I'm, I don't know what we're going to do. I wouldn't even speculate. I like to, but I'm not going to do it out loud. <laughs> but we're going to have a good time. Um, so how's your faith? Uh, is it? Do you have faith, the strength of Amram and Jochebed? Would you have put the Would you have put the ark in the water? You know, sometimes. You know, our ark is like this. Cast your bread upon the waters, and not many days henceforth it shall return unto thee. Maybe your ark uh, is your time being a witness for the things of God. Maybe your ark is uh, to cast your voice out and be a gospel witness. Listen, we got to voice things to God. We just can't do uh, lifestyle evangelism. It, 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 you, you should live right in front of people, but sometimes, listen, you need to open your mouth and tell them. Uh, how's your faith? Listen, you got to be careful, though, because your faith is showing. People see it. Yeah. And you're going to influence them. How your faith is and the strength of your faith will influence someone else to either have stronger faith or to have weaker faith. But you can't influence them any other way. You can't be neutral in your faith. Amram and Jochebed had faith and they put it to the task and God rewarded them as a result. Father, help us, Lord, this afternoon. I pray, God, that you'd help us to take the understanding, uh, help us to understand the faith of, of uh, Moses' parents and God, they really exercised their faith. Lord, Jochebed just walked away and and left all of it in the hands of Miriam and in the hands of an Egyptian king or queen. Lord, help them. Help us, God, to have that kind of faith. Help us, Lord, to um, strengthen us, God, in our walk with you. Help us to be involved in the spiritual things. Lord, it's one thing to be involved in the physical and the material, and nothing wrong with that. But, God, we need to put emphasis on the eyes of faith. Help us to look and see things through the eyes of faith, Lord. And God, to put our trust and our faith in you. God, in everything that we do. And Lord, I pray, God, that you'd be with our folks this afternoon. And if they're facing some things, Lord, uh, God, that they'll exercise their faith. And Lord, just allow you to take care of them. And God, we give you praise for that. Lord, thank you, God, again for these folks this afternoon. Thank you for their faithfulness. God, watch over us. Give this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand, just sing a verse. If the Lord's speaking to your heart, 
You come right now while we sing. Come on.